There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. This is soul to soul on the radio. Erev Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Acharei Mois Kedoshim in the year Tav Shin Pei Gimel. And a very, very warm welcome to all of our radio family. Thank you so much for taking time out on your Erev Shabbos to join us, hopefully be inspired, hopefully learn some Torah. We're going to be learning, we're going to be talking today first about the Pasha a little bit and then a little bit about the significance of the month of Iyar, which we're in now, and its role as the bridge between Pesach and Shavuos. And then, of course, at the end, we'll do our our Hilchah Shabbat slot, which, of course, we're learning about the laws of Bishel, particularly the laws of of putting food on the stove before Shabbos, when and when it is not uh, forbidden. There's a post in the sixth Pasha. Es mishpotai tasu, says, carry out all my laws and safeguard my decrees to follow, to go in them. And then it says, you shall observe my decrees and my laws. And then ends and by which a person shall, shall live. It's a beautiful Ksav Sefer. The Ksav Sefer writes that a Jew's primary function is to go forward, not to remain sort of stagnant, kind of relegated to living a life of spiritual status quo. This means that we have to go in them, to grow in the mitzvahs, with Torah mitzvahs serving as the vehicle for spiritual expansion. Harav Aram Leib Shtayman Zatzal was examined by a well-known eye doctor. As part of the examination, the doctor placed drops in Rav Steinman's eyes. As the doctor was putting the drops in, Rav Steinman mused, Doctor, do you not become bored of doing this day in and day out? The doctor was taken aback by the question. Now, where does boredom enter into the picture? Rav Steinman continued, I am not your first patient, nor am I your last. Doing the same thing over and over again without variation can become very boring. However, one who studies Taira, who is engrossed in, in going into the depth, never has reason to become bored. He could learn a Taisus many hundreds of times, and each time will be different from the previous time. Every Chazorah brings new and deeper insight. This is one of the amazing attributes of studying Torah, something which is not to be found in any other mundane endeavor. The, the concept of attaching oneself to, to Torah with the resulting growth of that bond takes on even more meaning when it impacts the mind of a child. Rav Yitzhak Zilberslinschlita relates how a young boy's actions impressed a group of koilal avrechem. 
right? Who, although spending their entire days and nights immersed in Torah, were privy to an inspirational lesson concerning love of Torah from a young Cheder student. Story went that one day in a certain, there was a building with, there was a Cheder downstairs, and in the upper floor there was a, a Kailo. And one day, one of the uh, Rabbeim in the Cheder uh, came late for whatever reason and, and wasn't there, and the Menal wasn't even, uh, the principal wasn't even aware of the fact that he wasn't coming. So that meant that there was a class that was left unattended. And of course, uh, a group of rowdy sort of lively boys with no one watching over them were going to get it up to all sorts of normal, healthy kind of mischief. There was one boy, though, who really, really, really wanted to learn. And you couldn't stand the fact that the other guys were just running around, gallivanting around, and nothing was happening. And this young boy went upstairs to the kailo, and in a loud but very respectful voice, asked, our, our, our Rebbe didn't come today, we don't have anyone to teach us. Could anyone here be able to come down and, and, and teach and teach us? And they were very, very impressed. This boy had such a love, such a desire to learn, that he couldn't stand the fact that time was being wasted. Of course, we have to understand in our own lives that the main achievement that we can achieve in our lives is spending more time, putting more of effort, more of our heart and soul into our Torah learning at whatever level, at whatever level we actually find ourselves in ability and experience in, in learning. This is 11.9. The program is Chai FM. We're going to be back in a moment with much, much more. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul, back on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kedesh, Parshas Acharemais Another double partial last week wasn't enough. We've got another one. And in addition, we've started now Chodesh Iyar. We're on our way towards Chag Ashvos. And Chodesh Iyar is a very, very important month in as of itself. They're no real Yom Tovim. Yes, we have minor Yom Tovim. We have Bezach Sheni. We have Lagba Aymer, which are very important. We have Yom Atzmut, which we celebrated this week. But Chodesh Iyar has importance as a bridge, as we'll see, between Chodesh Nisan and Chodesh Sivan, which is the month of, of Shavuos. Let's start as follows. They tell the following story. There was a particular king that had a only son, a, a prince. And this son was a very, very uh, uh, wise son. He was of, of an elevated type of, of character. And when it, uh, sort of when he got mature and it was time for him to epis find a, a, a shidduch. So his father was looking, his father, the king was looking for a, obviously, something appropriate. She had to be a princess. She had to be from royal, royal uh, uh, family. And, but not just that she had yichus. Not that she, she just came from a great family, but she wanted that she too. Should be someone with very exalted uh, midot, with good character traits. Someone who would be an appropriate match for his very, very uh, sensitive and, and 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 beautiful, beautiful son. So 
all the various shalchanim, uh, all the matchmakers, right? So uh, they came, all the other sort of lining up, queuing up outside the the palace with all kinds of of uh, of uh, uh, suggestions. That's a litany of, of, of suggestions, all of course, very distinguished people, all very honorable families, all from different royal houses, different from, from different, uh, governors and, and, and kings, but all of them, the king pushed aside without even sort of really going into it, and he said generally, now all these suggestions that I'm getting are not, are not appropriate. For my, for my son, the prince. So one day, came knocking uh, on the gate of the palace, a uh, a young girl, a young girl, and so the the servants, the the gate guards, opened the gate and they asked her, "Who are you?" So the girl said, "I am a princess." I come from royal blood, and I was on my way home, but since I'm you know I I I I'm unfamiliar with the area. I don't know I don't know the roads. I got lost. So the servants asked her. So what do you want? So she answered, "I'm asking. I, I'd like to, to to implore on the kindness of the king that he should please help me." To allow me to at least spend overnight in the spend one night in 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 the palace, and tomorrow I'll I'll carry on on my my way home and go back to my father's to my father's uh, uh, palace, right? Because I'm I'm a I'm a princess, and it would be would be uh, I can't sleep in the street. I can't sleep in some cheap. A hotel. It's appropriate for me as a princess to be able to stay in in the palace overnight. So the gate guards went and told the king about this other princess who's managed to sort of find their way to to his uh, to his palace and and is asking that uh, they should allow her to spend. Uh, uh, one night over there to chesed with her and allow her to sleep in the palace for one one night. And the king agreed and commanded to bring her in to one of the uh, rooms in the, in the palace, one of the very, very beautiful uh, rooms in, in the palace. And there there was a a bed over there. It was a beautiful royal, royal kind of bed with uh, pillows and and, and blankets, all of, of silk, etc. But one thing the king added and, and, and uh, requested from his servants, says, take a, a little, a, a pea, take one little pea and put it underneath the, the sheets. And the, the servants did as the will of the, of the master and, and he put it under the, under the, uh, under the sheet. Says the next morning, so the king asked the 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 princess, "Tell me, tell me, did you have a nice? Uh, did you have a good sleep? Did you have a a good night in my palace?" And she answered and said, "No, unfortunately, I wasn't able to sleep the whole night. I didn't manage to close my eyes even for one moment." 
So the king was amazed. He said, why? Why couldn't you sleep? He said, my master, the king, the room was glorious, was splendid. The bed was a really a royal, royal bed. The sheets were expensive, were, were beautiful. But in spite of all of that, I could not fall asleep. Why? Because there was something sticking out. On, on the mattress that was that was bothering me so much the whole night and it was sort of sticking into my into my body like like a sword I couldn't fall asleep the entire night says the king ah with this you proved that in fact you must be a real a real princess someone who can feel a, a lack of, of of comfort to such an extent where you're not even to close, you're not even able to close your eyes and, and fall asleep because of one little sort of grain of something that I put under the, under the, under the spreads. Under this. So such a person is, is so sensitive and, and is so exalted that that certainly means that you must be a princess used to the most rarefied and, and, and sensitive of of, uh, of treatment. If so, you can be the wife of my son, the prince. Chodesh Nisan, in the month of Nisan, Klal Yisrael left the slavery of Egypt and became free. However, it wasn't only that they left the situation of, of slavery, of servitude, and became emancipated and free, but we were in fact chosen to be HaKadosh Baruch Hu's children. We were chosen to be the prince of, of, uh, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? As it says, Mamleches Koyanim Begoy Kodesh. We were chosen to be a, a kingdom of Koyanim and, and a holy nation. Says Rav Shimon in, in Mesechus, in Mesechus Shabbos. Kol b'nei Yisrael, b'nei Malachim heim. All of the Jewish nation, we're all princes. Right? So too, that's why. The whole way we behave, the whole way we act on Chag HaPesach is we act like princes. All the things we do at, at the Seder are, 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 are to show Cheres, to show freedom. Like it's written in, 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 in the Chinuch, right? There's a mitzvah. By the, by, by we eat the, the carbon Pesach. So we eat the carbon Pesach in the way that we eat, uh, uh, not the way we eat, the way, the way kings and princes eat. And therefore there's a special mitzvah by the carbon Pesach of the etzem loy sishbruboy. You're not allowed to break a bone in order to suck out the marrow. Why? It's inappropriate. For a prince to eat in such a grub kind of way where he's breaking bones and, and smooching and, 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 and sucking. So too, the whole way we eat on Lela Seder is in, in, in following the practice of we, we, we recline and we dip, we dip our food and Allah says we should put all the expensive dishes and vessels we have on on the table, on the Seder table, like like kings, like like princes. Right? In order 
to prove that it wasn't just <clears throat> that we left the slavery, the servitude of the Egyptians, but in addition to that, we have to behave ourselves like like kings and princes. That, that was the mandate that was given to us on, on Saturday night, which we fulfill not only then, but continue to fulfill. We're going to talk more about this in a moment, but this is 11.9. Chai FM, the program is Soul to Soul. Please stay with us. There's so much more good stuff coming. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul. Back on your radio, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh Pashas. Another beautiful double Pasha, another beautiful Shabbos coming up. We are talking about Chodesh Ir, this month that we find ourselves in. And we're speaking about the fact that Pesach, Pesach was not only the time of our emancipation from the slavery, from the downtroddenness of being sort of uh, enslaved by the Egyptians, but it was the time where we were given the special status as being the children of HaKadosh Baruch which means we are princes, we are the children of a king. HaKadosh Baruch is, is, is the king, and we are Mamleches Kain, and we are a kingdom of priests, the Goy, the Goy Kodesh. And in fact, we said that our whole conduct on Seder night bespeaks the fact that we are kings and we are, we act like kings, the whole Seder, we sit, we recline, and we and we dip, and we do everything that shows our freedom. And the reason for this is because since the purpose of Yitzhak Mitzam, of leaving Egypt, was to give us the Torah, the Torah is set aside only for people who are royalty, only for those who are the sons of kings. As in fact, we see, there's a Medrash in Pasha's Truma, regarding the concept of the Torah. And the fact the Medrash brings, it's an analogy to a king who had a only daughter, right, and he couldn't separate himself from her. So what the result is that the Torah is what we call the daughter of, of the king. It's a bas melech. And only a prince, in, in protocol, only a prince would be able to carry and, and, and to marry uh, uh, this, this, uh, Torah as, as a wife. Therefore, it wasn't sufficient for us just to be emancipated and leave the situation of slavery and become unencumbered and free from that. But in order to, to accept the Torah, it's actually incumbent on the nation of Kleisha to become b'nei melachim, to become princes in order to merit, to accept the, the, the Torah. And that is the very, very essence of this month of Chodesh Ir. This is the, the, the month that connects between the month of Nisan, which is the time when we went out of slavery, to the month of Sivan, the month where we received the Torah. In this month, our purpose, our whole job during this time is to prove how far we've come in becoming princes. And, and the reality is, that, and by doing that, we actually place ourselves in a position where we will be eligible to, to receive, receive the Torah. 
And therefore, in, in, in Tanakh, we find that Chodesh Ir is called Chodesh Ziv. What's Ziv? So the, the translation of the word Ziv is a beautiful, beautiful light. In this month, our entire raison d'etre, our entire purposes to prove how far we have adopted, we've inculcated, we've, we've, we've sort of drummed into ourselves the, the beautiful and, 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 and proper behavior of, of, of kings, right? How much we have developed the, 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 the nuances and, and the, the sort of proper behavior of, of princes. You know, this is a Gemara in, in Psachim on Daf Gimel Amabes tells a story about two students that were sitting in front of Hillel. And the one says, one of those students was the great Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. It's a second version. Some say, no, that wasn't really the story, but they were actually sitting in front of Rabbi, Rabbi Yudhan Nasi. And one of them was Rabbi Yochanan the Amoira. Now, one of them said, in expressing a question, why is it that we can, uh, that we uh, uh, harvest in a state of purity and, and we're very, very adamantly careful that the, the vessels we use when we're picking the grapes, that, that uh, they should not be, tell me they should not be defiled, but we don't worry so much when we uh, are, are harvesting Olives, we don't, we're not so, we're not so careful to make sure that the olives are harvested in a state of purity. That's how one phrased his, his question. So he says, why do we, again, why do we harvest grapes with a state of purity? And we are very, very careful that the vessels into which we harvest them should not be tame. And we're not so careful about about olives to to uh, uh, harvest them in a state of purity. That's the way one phrased this question. The other one asked the same question, but in a slightly different way. He says, how come when we're harvesting grapes, we do it in a state of of tara, and we uh, but when we when we uh, harvest Olives, we do it in a state of tumor, of Im- impurity. Said the Rebbe, whoever the Rebbe was, going to which version, I'm, I'm sure that this second person who spoke so nicely, who didn't use the word tumor at all, he just spoke about purity, that he's going to be a big poisek, he's going to be someone who teaches and instructs halacha for, for the Jewish nation. And in fact, it wasn't a very, very long time until whoever it was, either Rabbi Yochanan uh, ben Zakkai or the Amoira, Rabbi Yochanan became huge poiskim, huge halachic authorities in, in the Jewish nation. The Gemara brings a, a, uh, a second story about three kainim who were in the base of Mikdash, and each one of them got a very, very small piece of the lechem upon him, the showbread that used to be divided amongst all the koinim every Shabbos. There were 12 loaves, and those 12 loaves were divided amongst all the koinim, uh, those who were 
coming on duty and those who were going off duty. So there was a very, very small piece for each person. And, and it was, and it was, it was preferable to give everyone a, a small piece than, than, than to deprive some people. So they got this very, very small piece. And since there were lots and lots of kainim, everyone got this very, very teeny, teeny uh, sort of shmindrik. So one of them said to his friend, ah, I got a portion that's the size like a uh, uh, like like a bean, and the other one said, uh, "I got a portion the size of an olive," and one said, "I got a portion like the like the a lizard's tail," which is uh, a lizard is not a kosher animal, and because he used such an improper such an inappropriate uh, uh, analogy. So they checked into his, uh, into his family lineage and, uh, and they found that, uh, that uh, he wasn't, uh, so, uh, had no right really to be a, a, a Kayan because why was he talking in such a, such a coarse and such an unrefined way to give the analogy of a non-kosher animal that proved that obviously there was something not so kosher about, about him. So we see. <coughs> That in order to be someone who's going to be a mayra hara, someone who's going to paskin, someone who's going to be able to teach and instruct others in, in halacha, we need a special, special sensitivity. We need to be princes. Only a, a prince will be, will be zaychel, merit to be able to receive, receive the Torah. And that's why the Bnei Sachar brings down in his essays on the month of Iyar, he says that the word Iyar, if you take the letters, which is Aleph, Yud, Yud, Resh, those are the letters of the word Iyar, it stands for Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and Rachel. Right? Now, and, and Chazal, in fact, say in the Gemara in, in Avodah Zorah on Andav Chafei, that Chumish Bereshis is called Sefer Hayashar, the book of the straight ones. The one asks, what does it mean, my Sefer Hayashar? What does it mean, Sefer Hayashar? So the Gemara quotes in the name of Rav Chia Ba'aba, quoting Rabbi Yechanan. This is referring to the, the Sefer that deals with the lives and times of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, why Shenikru Yesharim? They were called, they were referred to as, as straight, as straight people. Why? Because the Torah says about them, uh, 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 actually, uh, Bilam, in his uh, rant or in his attempt to curse the Jewish nation, which of course Hashem turned into, into a blessing. So he says, Tomois Nafshi, I, 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 I wish that I would die in the same way as these straight people, i.e. I'd love to die in the same way as the Avot, as the, as the Holy Forefathers uh, uh, died. Right? And, and this Yashos, this straight, is really what we're talking about. In, in, uh, Torah, you says it in Pashas Veschana, where it says, You must do that which is straight and that which is good in the eyes of Hashem. Which the, uh, our commentaries explain that it means going beyond the letter of the law. Lifnim Mishuras Hadin. 
and uh, and all the concepts of all the good midas are contained in the word yosher. Not to do what just one has to do, but really to go that extra mile to be exemplary in every every area. In other words, in in this month, in the month of Adar, there is we were able to arouse the 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 conduct, the attitudes, the behavior, and 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 try to emulate the conduct of the others who were these tremendous, tremendous polyamidas. I mean, many of the commentaries say that one of the reasons why the Torah goes to such length to tell us all the stories about our others is because we have to learn from their exemplary character traits, from the way they dealt and handled all sorts of situations and all sorts of people in every, in every kind of area of the, of their, of, of their life. And, and all those, and that was, that is all bequeathed to us. All those tremendous, tremendous, beautiful meters are part of our legacy. We have their, their good meters. Why? Because the whole very essence of Chodesh Ir, the whole topic is to strengthen ourselves and, and work and develop these meters of us, the, 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 the kind of lofty behavior that is appropriate for for a prince, for great people to to act. Now, it's brought down in 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 the uh, in the Holy Svarim that there are three letters: Aleph, Mem, and Shin. That with using those letters, Hashem was able to create the three basic fundamental parts of creation: Aleph. Stands for avir, is the air, right? Mem is mayim, water. And shin is the sayita ish, is, the, is the, the fundamental concept of a fire. However, there really, we know there are actually not three basic functions, there, there are four. The fourth, which is offer, dust, earth, is not mentioned at all. In the, uh, in, in that particular source. Why? Because the truth is that earth is the fundamental foundation of, of everything. It's, it's the, it's the raw material from which was everything else was, was created. And, and if one looks at the, uh, the seven other letters of, of, uh, Beged, Kefaras, Beis, Gimel, Dalet, Chof, Pei, Resh, and Tuf, which were the letters that Hashem used to create the uh, the seven uh, sort of galaxies of, of of stars, which in fact are Chama, the Sun, Levana, the Moon, and then Noiga, Koychav, Madim, which is Mars. Tzedek and Shabtai. These are the seven colossal forces that dominate the, the Shemayim. So therefore, we have actually ten letters. The three that were used for the basic, uh, uh, materials. This, this, uh, the Ayin, the Aleph, Mem, Shin. And the seven letters from which these huge constellations are, were created. So if we use those ten letters, so we're left then 12 other letters, the Jewish alphabet, Hebrew alphabet being 22 letters. So we're left another, 
another 12 letters on the 22 letters of, of the Torah. So those are called the 12 letters, which are sort of free, they're, they're, they're unused for actual creation. And every single month was created from one of those letters. Of the 22 letters, so 10 were used for creation. We said three for the basic fundamentals of, of earth, fire, water, and air. Seven which were used for the seven huge constellations, including the sun and, and the moon. And of the other 12 letters, each one represents one of the 12 months of the, of the, of the year. For instance, the month of Nisan was created with the letter Hey, and we've actually spoke about that uh, in, in a previous in a previous uh, broadcast. The the month of Er was created by the next available letter, which is the letter Vav, and Sivan. The next month was created with the next available letter, which was Zion. So Hey. Vav, hey is Nisan, Vav is Iyar, Zion is Sivan. And the concept of the letter Vav is explained based on what uh, they tell the story about the, the Balatanya, that when they brought his, his grandson, the Tzemach Tzedek, to the, uh, to the Rebbe to teach, you know, the reading of the letters of the of the Aleph Beis, as is done to all small children. So he explained to the son, to the grandson, the, the particular significance of the first letter, right? The, 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 uh, the way it looks, the form and shape of it, of the letter Aleph. That alludes and, and, uh, and hints to the, the, uh, the depth of, 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 of our life. Aleph is, 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 is everything. And because the letter, the letter Aleph is comprised of a very small uh, line on top and a small line on the bottom and a diagonal line, a long, uh, diagonal line which connects between them, right? The line on the top represents HaKadosh Baruch the line on the bottom represents person, and the the uh, diagonal line that runs from from top to bottom that uh, represents the Torah and the mitzvahs that create the the achdus, the unity between a person and Hakadosh Baruch Therefore, when we come to the Chodesh Yer, which we said is the month that connects between Chodesh Nisan, which was the creation of the Jewish nation, we emancipated, we became a nation, to the Chodesh Sivan, which is the month in which we received the Torah. So the month of Eor is represented by the letter Vav. Uh, Vav is a connecting letter. Why? Because that's what connects the human being down here to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who's, who's up in, in, in Shemayim. In fact, the Bnei Socher adds in his essays on on Chodesh Iyar that when we think about the words of what we were taught by by our Rebbe's by the Arizal, uh, when we talk about the the concept of the Tefillin, you know, we have two capsules of Tefillin. We have the Tefillin of Rashi and the Tefillin 
of of Rabbeinu of Rabbeinu Tam. Right, two different. Uh, uh, so the Tefillin of Rashi. So that represents, he says, the name of Hakadosh Baruch Hu straightforward, right? Which which has its prominence in the month of Nisan, right? And and emanates in the pasuk Yismuchu Hashomayim v'Sagel Aretz, which is Yud. Yismuchu Hashamayim, hey, and then the Vav, and then the hey. And Phil and Rabbeinu Tam, they are a different configuration of the letters. It's the Yud, and then two He's, and a Vav, which comes in the Pasuk, right? Yishalel HaMishalel Haskel V'yodoya. The Phil and Rabbeinu Tam have the ability to achieve for us tremendous, tremendous kayach of, of wisdom and, and insight in, into Torah, and that builds on whatever we achieved, on the tremendous Shefa of Hashem's bracha that we received in, in Chodesh Nisan, and the two together, the beginning, the, the incredible outpouring of Hashem's greatness, plus our own infusion of trying to achieve as much as we can in understanding the Chochmas of Torah, that is in fact what prepares us for the Matan Torah on the sixth day of Chodesh this is 11.9 FM. The program is Soul to Soul. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul. Back on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kedesh. Pashas Acharei Mais Kedeshim Tov. Shin Pei Gimel. Another scintillating Shabbos approaching us. Baruch Hashem. We are so lucky. We are so privileged to have made it to another another Shabbos. And we're going to be going into our, our Shabbos slot now. We were doing the laws of of cooking, and we're talking about a plot that we're talking about covering the fire. But before we do that, as we always do at this time on Erev Shabbos, just to go through the important times we need to know for this coming Shabbos. So, this afternoon, the earliest time for lighting our Shabbos candles is 4.30. 4.30 is already Plagamincha. We can already start our Shabbos. Then that's barely just slightly more than an hour and a half from now. We can we can do it. Get 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 ready. Get bath. Get the house tidy. Get the food on where it needs to go. And let's light those candles. Let's bring Shabbos in as soon as we can. We need a Shabbos. It's been almost a whole week. You know, we had a with a except a couple of public holidays, but you know, it's been a it's been a week. We're looking forward to a, to a Shabbos. Let's get it started as quickly as we possibly can. If you can't make the 4.30 earliest time, so then the latest time for benching Lech this afternoon is at 5.22. 22 minutes past 5 is the latest time. Do not rely on time after that. As I always say, that is injury time. That is therefore a person who really is in a desperate kind of situation and can't possibly get Shabbos on and, and moving before that. But of course, we really, really make every effort to not need that time. So 522 is our absolute latest. The candles are on, the house is set up, the food is ready, all that by that by that time. Shkia, sunset is at 226. 26 is the, that's the absolute latest. And therefore, if you want to be able to daven myrav and count the sphira properly at night, you wait 18 minutes after Shkia, 5.58. 
and that already is uh, properly night, and you can daven say Shema, you won't have to repeat it, and you can properly fulfill the mitzvah of Sefer Soimer, counting it at uh, at night. I hope you're all keeping up with the Sefer Soimer, that's uh, doing it every single night, either by going to shul or getting a reminder or something. It's not so difficult to do if we just put our our minds our minds to it. Tomorrow morning is, of course, the double pasha. Not that long in, in Pesukim, but lots and lots of content, lots of very, very important uh, mitzvot, the whole service of, of Yom Kippur, the forbidden marriages and Kedoshim with so many of the important interpersonal laws that we need to to uh, to know. The Haftarah is the Haftarah actually of Pasha's Acharemos. Usually when we have a double Pasha, we read the Haftarah of the second Pasha. This week we'll read the Haftarah of Havloi Haloi Kivnei Kishrim, which is actually one of the shortest if not the shortest uh, haftarah of uh, of all, and we then uh, we say avrachamim, and uh, we carry on with the beautiful beautiful Shabbos. This uh, tomorrow afternoon we will learn Perik Gimel of of Perikei Avos, the third Perik of uh, of, of Perikei Avos, and uh, that's that uh, we get we get uh, stuck in into that uh, right then and there. Also this coming week. Is the first Monday of of Bahab. So therefore, if uh, uh, we announce that on 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 Shabbos, that uh, that those who want to fast, or we they said the slichas on on Monday, Thursday, Monday, uh, Friday, of course, will be Pesach Sheni, the second opportunity in the time of the Beit Hamikdash to bring a carbon a carbon Pesach. But uh, so that's it. So we uh, say Perkyavas. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at twelve minutes past six. Six twelve is the end of, of Shabbos, and we go into the carry on the week weekend. This little bit of couple of days of holiday, so the week actually only starts on on Tuesday, and that can't be too too bad at uh, at all. So we are talking about the permissibility of leaving food on a covered. Fire. I mean, as we learned before, if the food is still not properly cooked, right, and we already discussed what that means. Some say it means that it's, it cannot get, uh, it's fully cooked, but you cannot, uh, it cannot benefit any more from any further cooking. Others say it's at least half cooked. So we said you're not allowed to leave it on a fire, on an open fire, before Shabbos begins. Because we were worried that you might decide you want to use that for Friday night meal, and therefore you might come to increase the intensity of the fires to make sure that the food will be ready in time for for your Friday night night meal. But there is a way around it. There is a way to permit putting food which is not yet fully cooked on the fire before Shabbos in, in a permitted way. And, and that is by covering the the fire, because when I cover the fire and I make it inaccessible to me, so that in a way diminishes also the level of the uh, of the of the heat, and also number one and number two by the fact that it's covered, that provides me with a reminder, with a kind of a a stop sign that. 
don't touch the fire. Don't touch. Increase that. Look, it has a cover. A cover is, is, is a reminder to us. Don't, don't touch it. Don't tamper. And even if someone would forget, and they might come and they try to increase the level of the fire, when they see that the fire is, is covered, they'll remember that today is, is Shabbos, and they'll back off, and, and they'll be careful not to try to uh, increase the intensity of the fire. And therefore, uh, you're allowed to leave food which is not yet fully cooked, right, on what we call a, a plata, even an electric plata, since the, uh, the, the heating elements or the knobs that control the heat are, are covered, that, that gives one permissibility to leave it on the fire before, before Shabbos. Similarly, you'd be allowed to cover the fire with, let's say, on, on a stove with a plain piece of, of, uh, copper, metal. And, and on top of that, on top of that piece of metal, you could put <coughs> whatever cooked food uh, you want, even though the food is not yet fully cooked before Shabbos. Because again, by the fact that the fire is covered, so then that already makes a very, very clear sign, a very clear indication to us that will remind us about the fact that today is is, is Shabbos. And through that, they'll be very careful not to do anything that's going to tamper or raise the level of the of the fire. And lechatchila, in the first instance, it's best not only to actually put a piece of metal on the on the gas on on the plates, but also actually to cover the knobs and the controls uh, also. Now, even though we've just said that you'd be allowed to take a a what we call a blech or just a plain piece of of metal or the plata, right? You're allowed to leave it. Before, uh, on it before Shabbos, a cooked, a, a food that's not yet entirely, uh, cooked. Nevertheless, certainly, and this is such a good advice, uh, certainly, as a first instance, it's better that all the food that you want to serve on Shabbos should be completely cooked before, before Shabbos, uh, before Shabbos comes in. Why? Because so long as the food is not completely cooked, anything that I might do in any way that might influence the 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 heat of the fire in a in a forbidden way is 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 a Torah prohibition. Let's say, for example, let's say you open a pot in which there's a a a a dish that isn't yet completely cooked. So now you can't close it again. Because the closing then enhances the cooking. Similarly, it would be <clears throat> forbidden to move the pot to a hotter place on the on the on the platter, and therefore it's best to place on the platter only those kind of cooked foods that are already completely cooked and ready to eat. Okay, we're going to come back with some closing comments. After the break, this is 11.9. Chai FM, the program is Soul to Soul, and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 
Our last few words as we take our leave for you to go ready for a early beginning Shabbos. But we're talking about cooking. And we spoke just before about leaving something that is not yet cooked on a covered fire. What about if one wants to leave before Shabbos in an, an electric oven a cooked food that's not yet completely cooked? So again, he has to do something that's going to remind him that today is Shabbos, in order that, again, you shouldn't come to increase the level of the heat. So one possibility is that you should put a piece of metal or some uh, silver foil, about a thick piece of silver foil, in order to uh, add some kind of a interposition between the the heating element and and the pot. That again, since I'm doing something that, so to speak, weakens the, the heat, which is going to get to the, to the cooked food, he'll remember that today is Shabbos and won't touch the, the heating element himself. A second possibility is, is again, to cover the knobs, con- uh, con- cover the, the controls, right? Which you would use to raise or lower the, the, uh, the heat. There's, a, however, an additional problem with when it comes to, to ovens, and that is that if they work, right, with a thermostat, so that some will say that you're not allowed to open the door of the oven because we're worried that opening the door is going to turn on the, the, uh, the thermostat. Therefore, many of the modern ovens have a special button, which is called the Shabbos button, that that button causes the oven to work on a much lower heat and, and a fixed temperature in such a way that opening the door of the oven is not going to have any any influence at all on on the way it uh, it on the way it works okay we're going to stop here because uh, there's lots more to talk about but the time of course is running running away it's almost Shabbos as we said it's almost about an hour and a half till the earliest time we can light candles so I'm going to go run off and do what I have to do and you must run off and do what you have to do please carry on listening to Chai FM there's beautiful things coming and please make sure that you're with us again next week at the same time so we can again learn some Torah and please God next week probably we'll be talking a little bit about Lagba Imer which will be coming up in the week the week following so stay with us stay with Chai FM there's good Torah every single day during the soul to soul slot please avail yourself of that take the opportunity to learn to be inspired to grow to become more motivated in your Yiddishkeit but right now all I want to do is take the opportunity to wish every single one of our radio family, firstly, a huge thank you for being part of the show, and secondly, to each and every one of you, a beautiful good chapters.